0: All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I am very excited to be joined by a special guest here. He is the King of Thornton himself, Jeff Morton. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much, man, for tuning in and, and for hanging out with me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I think you have, if I show our display names here, I think you've got the King. As, as you're just playing it and i wanted to make sure that everybody saw that one that one's pretty funny uh how are you doing man thank you so much for hopping on
1: i am fantastic uh i hope every everyone who's watching this is uh, having a good night and yeah i got the king on here and i don't know i i don't i must have done something with StreamYard before because i don't ever remember uh typing that on there but i was like i'm just gonna leave this
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i love it let me let me let the people know that we are live uh if you are in the chat right now thank you so much for tuning in uh, i really do appreciate it it's been a lot of fun uh to be able to do this make sure to hit that like button hit that subscribe button on the youtube uh of mile high sports and if you're all listening on the audio side make sure to rate review and subscribe uh on all of that uh, but i wanted to get on jeff uh, we were talking earlier today and Then Hunter Tyson just decided that he wanted to go off and do some crazy shit. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't like I know we're talking about this before. Like you live a healthy lifestyle and have decided, you know, I don't feel the need to uh, to take in the game, the fourth game of Summer League today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was perfectly fine. I think everybody else here is is completely understanding of that. Um, But I did want to just touch on that before we get into everything here. Uh, Hunter Tyson just like kicked ass tonight. Like he had 31 <laughs> points on 11 of 13 from the field and seven of nine from three in 27 minutes. Listen to this: he was a plus 43 in 27 minutes, Jeff. That's a pretty good number. That's a, I don't think I've ever seen that before in a summer league game.
1: You know, he he does. Uh, since he looks like he's 35, I would say that he does the he has the perfect middle middle-aged man game yeah um and especially in summer league where you can chuck a lot of threes and there's not a lot of organization i'm sure that's that's absolutely perfect for hunter tyson
0: (laughs) he's uh no he he's he's killing it man like some of the shots that he was making tonight were i i I kid you not insane shots that Mm -hmm. uh him him moving off like just all dribbling into threes as a forward as as just somebody like a like a Michael Porter Jr basically like he got mm-hmm. some of those comparisons on the timeline tonight and then somebody said I'm not gonna name names that he was Michael Michael Porter with all the vertebrae intact and uh, oh, that was <laughs> that was pretty sure. visceral I'm not gonna lie but that is really uh, it work. was <laughs> an, an absolutely unbelievable shooting display from Hunter Tyson. And he's playing good defense, too, which I, I did not expect from him. And I just I wanted to make sure to shout him out. He's not going to be like the the massive focus of today's podcast because I just wanted to be able to have you on and, and talk about this. But uh, 31 points is crazy in, in 26, 27 minutes, however much he played. And I know the comments are going wild for it. Uh, Hunter Tyson is Awesome. And I, I guys, when I when I put the title down, I wasn't actually asking if Hunter is the greatest player of all time. This is what you call an SEO title. This is what you call uh, getting people to click on the video. But uh,
1: now we're going to be um, getting a bunch of people from Clemson in on this video who are very enthusiastic about Hunter Tyson. It's what's going to happen. And it's going to be um, uh, like, look, folks, I mean, I understand the enthusiasm. Hey, when I see guys with who are follically challenged, I think, man, I I I can relate to this person. And if only I was six foot eleven, I would be able to be do the things that maybe this person would, or maybe I wouldn't. Who knows? But I appreciate the uh, the uh, the the swag.
0: Oh, yeah. And like one of the good things about having you on tonight is you get to uh, you get to remind everybody about the star of two's Summer League. um, If you if you want to if you want to remind the people.
1: Yes. Nicholas Skidishvili was the MVP of the 2003 Summer League. The uh, uh, the the year Carmelo Anthony was drafted and uh, uh, he had been in the year for the league for a year and that was his second
0: summer league. And um,
1: yeah. It's, it's that's why I don't pay attention to Summer League.
0: <laughs> and it's a it's a great point because that's that's basically twenty years I mean it's twenty years to the day, basically, that Skeety Speely was just dominating and turns out to be one of the biggest busts in NBA history, or at least for Nuggets history, that's for sure. The real and, A bust yeah. yeah, exactly. Not not Rayful of friends. That, that's 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 a different one right there. Yes. Um, but the, there's there's plenty of names I think you could pull out from from Denver Nuggets drafting lore. But it is kind of cool to see Denver. I mean, I don't know what Hunter Tyson's going to be at the NBA level. I just I I compared him to Georges Niang or George Niang. Excuse me. I keep calling him Georges because that's how his name is spelled. But I was I was uh, told on a podcast that or like on my own podcast that it is George Niang. Um just like a, a movement stretch for kind of like not the most athletic guy, but then he had this awesome baseline dunk today where he just threw it down and uh, he looks pretty good. And he's, he's dribbling, like taking guys off the dribble, hitting post fadeaways, but it's, uh, it is just really, really cool to see. Um, But no, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy uh, to see. It just seems like Calvin Booth keeps hitting in, in for a lot of these guys. And, whether it's Christian Brown or Peyton Watson from last year, or if it's going to be uh, Hunter Tyson or Jalen Pickett or even Julian Strother, who who had some good plays in in today's game, that there's maybe maybe this is a maybe this is a good off season for Denver. Even though I don't think a lot of people feel that way.
1: Uh, someone just said my mic is fading. Is it? Uh, can you hear me all right?
0: I, I heard you. There there was a couple of times where it was like it was like zzz, like kind of fading out. Uh, but that's that was before. Now now you're good.
1: Oh, good. Well, maybe I will shout into the mic and people (laughs) could be able to hear me. Because I'm not a lot, as people who have heard my podcast know, this is my tone. I I, I am like an NPR radio person. It's like I am announcing fresh air on NPR. So anyway, um, (laughs) as far as Calvin Booth goes, I think the Nuggets are a bit high on their own supply a bit. That's the best way I would put it. They are... Overly confident in uh, their rookies, I think the fact they are very they are very enthusiastic about older rookies like Pickett, like Tyson, um, and I, I I understand, but they you know as people have been pointing out nationally, it didn't really replace Bruce Brown. They didn't even try, so it's kind of like. This is going to be a a new team coming into the year. I mean, even with the the guys in the starting lineup, it's just that the team's going to look a little different, Got to be a lot younger. So that's kind of where my mind is on that.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about it then. I think uh, probably the most important thing for people to remember about this Nuggets group is that that they just didn't have a lot of resources to be able to throw at this Mm offseason. And the way that Calvin Booth decided to – reorient those resources with a couple of trades that he made was he decided hey we're gonna get three quality rookies that we believe can contribute sooner rather than later and that's always a dangerous game to play just because you don't know if any rookie is going to be good let alone uh, helpful and that's going to be at least an interesting thing for a championship caliber team or at least a team with championship aspirations like Denver. You, you just won the title. Bruce Brown was a very, very big piece of this team. And, and now you're going to rely on Jalen Pickett and Colin Gillespie and Hunter Tyson and Julian Strother. And I, I don't think that they're actually going to rely on those guys. I think that the three names that I keep circling back to and, and will probably keep pushing over the course of this upcoming season are Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and Zeke Naji as these younger guys that I know Christian contributed, but I think there's another level that he can get to obviously. And and then Peyton Watson didn't really contribute and Zeke Najee in the playoffs didn't really contribute. So can you find more contributions from those guys? And I think that this particular way that they approach this offseason is a belief that those guys can do more. Uh, That's, that's the way that I took this. And, and that I I see the draft picks that they made is like, Third stringers rather than second stringers, you know.
1: Well, they, they're 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 approach to the off season free agency now. I I don't know if you uh, heard Nate Duncan and John Hollinger talking about uh, Reggie Jackson and their view of it. Yeah,
0: I I saw I saw a uh, graphic that came or some tweet that came out that it was like an, of an extension of yeah. an extension of the buyout deal, which not surprising. I, I posited that on a previous podcast too.
1: Yeah. And I was uh, I was going to mention that you had mentioned that sometimes there's just the way things work in the NBA and there's a cost of doing business. I wonder if Bruce Brown had come back, if that contract would have been there. I mean, that's just despite whatever quid pro quo may have been implicitly there. I don't know necessarily if they would have done that. Um, this is what I want to emphasize to people. Despite what they say, there is no hard cap in this league. There, there's restrictions when you go into the second apron, but there's no hard cap. Um, the floor is actually harder than the second apron. The floor is, um, uh, the best way to put this is that there is not a single team that wants to be docked revenue-sharing money. Yeah. for going under the floor, because uh, it just what this I mean, I'm I'm not going to get I, I'm sorry, I could get really wonky on the on the uh, CBA that just came out. But the best okay. way, to, the best way to put this is that they made the floor harder than they made the second apron. And that is why we saw Bruce Brown get 20 million dollars um for one year uh and a player op- or a, a team option in the second um they're trying to hit the cap floor and so that's why you see ridiculous contracts like bruce brown bought. the point i'm making about this is that yes the nuggets had some restrictions but they they're still not in the second apron and it's not as if they for all intents and purposes there's not any indication they even tried To get to bring a veteran in, so well,
0: hey, I I will, I will mention that I think that Justin Holiday is a better veteran than a lot of people realize. Like, is he going to be a guaranteed rotation player? No. Uh, You hope that a guy like Peyton Watson improves beyond that, but in terms of like an actual better ball handler than a guy like Reggie Jackson, which I think is what you're talking about here, uh, I do agree. I think that they decided that Reggie was going to be the guy. Uh, that was the that was the intention the entire way, and then when you start thinking about it, okay, do you want to get somebody in front of Christian Brown? No. Uh, do you want to get somebody in front of Peyton Watson? That that's that's what Calvin Booth was going through, and I think that this is where the the dangerous part of believing in your own draft picks and 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 getting high off your own supply if, is what you were I think you were talking about here. Mm-hmm. It's like, can you see the forest through the trees? And like, do, do you actually believe that? this player is going to be the right guy for the right job at the end of the year? I don't know. I yeah, think it's well, a great question.
1: Let me throw this out there because I, I think this is this is part of this whole, we're talking about these picks and we're talking about what they're doing right now to get older players supplementing on the back end of the roster to fill in gaps and stuff like that. Um, the Peyton Watson one is the one this is riding on. The entire thing is hinging on very specifically Peyton Watson because we've seen what Christian Brown can do obviously there's the baseline there that we understand that uh, that Peyton that uh, uh Christian Brown could do Peyton Watson though he played what four games with substantial minutes and he showed some flashes but his offensive game is still really rough and what they want him to do I still don't I'm still trying to get into my head what they want him to do because he's a kind of a small forward. So are they wanting him to back up Mike? Are they trying to have him back up Christian Brown? I I still don't know where they envision Peyton Watson resting within this grand scheme of things. And you're someone who is close to the team than I am. Where do you think they see Peyton Watson?
0: I think they see him as their backup three, backup four option. Maybe not even somebody who's more of a backup two. Um, I know that they want positional size, and so you you want somebody who can play the three. That is a a bigger, athletic, versatile, rangy wing, and I think that Peyton Watson kind of projects like that, where. He he's this six foot eight, two hundred and fifteen pound uh, wing who's got a seven foot wingspan and jumps out of the gym, chases down blocks, things like that, and has a little bit of a of an off the off the bounce game, and then can do some some other stuff. But I think they see him as a Michael Porter Jr. backup. I think they see Christian Brown as the backup two, and Reggie Jackson as the backup one, and. Justin Holiday will fit into that at some place, but let's say you want another veteran on the court who can space the floor a little bit better than Peyton Watson, but you want to keep Peyton Watson on the floor. Maybe decide, oh, we don't need Blacko in this lineup, in this uh, backup four spot. And so you slide Peyton Watson to the four, you play Justin Holiday and Christian Brown together on the wings, and then you have Reggie run things. Or you could do the same thing with Jamal Murray playing next to somebody like a Reggie Jackson, and you go two point guards or Uh, You go Michael Porter staggering with the second unit. And then you play Peyton Watson next to him. He can be the defensive counterpart to Michael Porter as the offensive guy. So I I think there are ways that they can do it, but even more than last year, I I think this is going to be a very interesting season for Michael Malone, where you have six guys that you believe in. If you're Michael Malone from, from this past season, you had the five starters and Bruce Brown for, for much of the season and Christian Brown was still a mystery. And, Reggie Jackson came in and, and Bruce Brown or Bones Highland went out very quickly. Mm. And, and you have a lot of guys that I think, yeah, you could go with Jeff green. You could go with Zeke Naji, You could go with Deandre Jordan. You could go with Thomas Bryant, you, Flacco guys like that. I think this year, even more than this past championship season, right. you're just going to mix and match the bench and see who's healthy and be okay.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I, I, I've never seen a championship team go deliberately young before. This is the mine. Right.
0: I've got one. <laughs> what about the golden state warriors this last well, year?
1: That, yeah. Well, that's, that's, I brought this up on my podcast. I mean, they abandoned that two timelines thing
0: uh, because very it quickly.
1: didn't work. And the only, the only way it works is if they are thinking, well, they, I know what the nuggets are thinking. Cause I, uh, uh, um, they've told me this years ago because they envision themselves like the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. And the only way it works is if you have Tim Duncan playing for 20 years, really, that is the crux of the issue. You have to have Bruce, you have to have Tim Duncan playing for 20 years.
0: They've got a good facsimile.
1: Yeah. There's a problem. <laughs> I don't know if Nikola Jokic will get to another contract beyond this one.
0: No he might, break. he might not. And, yeah. and that's a, that's an interesting point that we've talked about before. And like, like who knows? And, and I don't know if you can game plan for that or not, yeah. um, but I think like Jokic, he also he's jumping off of cliffs in Serbia doing, uh, doing some, some fun uh, kayaking and canoeing and things like that. So I don't know what it's ultimately going to look like with him, but Peyton Watson is, he is your one lottery ticket among all of the older veteran or older rookies that they've drafted, like Christian Brown, older rookie, um, not Ismail Kamigate or anybody like that, but these, these other three guys, Hunter Tyson, Julian Strother, Jalen Pickett. These are your, your geriatric veteran rookies that they are, you're bringing in as, as, as best as you can and and hoping that they can be ready sooner rather than later at a cheap price. But uh I know what you're trying to say in terms of maximizing the time that Jokic is actually here. Um I don't know if they can approach it that way though. Like I mean they they can and they probably should, but <laughs> Bruce is like that that was that was a that was a CBA thing, not necessarily a, a we're unwilling to pay you kind of thing.
1: No, 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 that I'm not saying that because they they uh <laughs> they weren't going to pay Bruce Brown 20 million but they were going to try to pay him seven and then pay him the mid level afterwards. Right. Um, Which you're asking a player to basically say, no, no, no. Trust us. You know, and I players just inherently don't trust like that. Yeah. I also um, just
0: don't blame him at all for taking the guaranteed money. And I don't blame the nuggets for the way that they handled it either. Like it, it just was never going to happen.
1: Two for $45 million. I mean, even though the second year is a team amp option, that's a hard to pass up for a guy who'd only made sixteen million dollars in his career up to that point. Only, by the way, I would love sixteen million dollars. Um, but I, uh, I, both of us would like that. Um, but I, I mean, that's like that's not what I'm talking about because I think that I think I said that on my, on my podcast that the Nuggets could have envisioned Bruce Brand leaving, and they probably should have assumed he was leaving. Um. I think I think that when I saw Seth Curry sign for less than Reggie Jackson, I was like, "Did they even try?" I mean, not him no. specifically, but I'm like, "Did they even look at anyone else and any other veteran?" And that that's what that's what got me thinking. I'm not trying to down yuck anyone's yum here, by the way, because the Nuggets are <laughs> going to be good next year, really, if not great. It's just I I I am perplexed at some of the the reasonings that they've had and specifically the the faith in certain rookies for a championship squad is where I can't go from where my brain is to where we're at right now I guess is where I'm at
0: yeah I, I think probably the most important thing to remember with this is that like like you said about the the Nate Duncan John Hollinger uh piece of this, that like there there was already some stuff that was in the woodwork that they, they knew they were going to give. And if if you believe in the group that you have, then it's probably not worth going after the ring chasing veterans. Mm. Uh or maybe you're promising minutes already to to some of the guys that you're talking to, talking about. And maybe just believe that Christian Brown, hey, you're you're a better player than Eric Gordon, or you're a better player than um, Seth Curry or somebody like that, and we would rather play you. Uh, I think the the real delineating factor here is Reggie Jackson and the promise that they made. This is where being a team that promises things and being a good organization uh, that that is willing to go the extra mile for various agents and various uh, interactions is it gets both good and bad. And and I'm curious to see whether that. Helps them, helps them, or hurts them. But again, it's hard for me to really, really fight it because they want the a title, and and they they are playing with house money right now. Fortunately,
1: well, look, I mean, I, I, <laughs> that the Nuggets won their first title in their team history as of a month ago, and it's hard to look at that result and think anything other than it was great. We could make an argument and I could make a convincing argument that this was mostly Tim Connolly's team and somewhat uh, Calvin Booth's team. Um, this is now fully Calvin Booth's team. I think as in, I think with them, the more rookies you get into the equation, you are putting your stamp for better or worse or indifferent or whatever you're putting that your stamp on this team. So as of this year, I think this is fully Calvin Booth's squad and I'm curious to see his vision of it because I've been struggling to identify with it because I, when I think of like having the window, I think maximizing the window and I don't necessarily think the nuggets right now are maximizing the window but at the same time the philosophy could be we got to stretch this out as long as possible and the way we do that is to bring in cheap rookie contracts who are with these aged rookies on the back end you know he could be maybe thinking so, that.
0: maybe and i do think that it's it has some foresight in it but you have to get the moves right or you have to get at least one or two of them right like no nobody's going to ask calvin booth to draft three second like three late first early second round picks and and hit on all three of them uh but it was a big risk for for him to take and for him to go that way um let me ask you this because i you, you actually you prompted my brain a little bit yep. you've been a nuggets fan for longer than just about any of us yep. um i'm curious what the feeling was like for you and and how you're feeling about the championship a month after it happened
1: Oh, interesting question. Um, I felt better when they beat the Lakers than I did when they beat the Heat.
0: It's very cathartic, right? Uh,
1: I was talking to my long time my friend Tim Miller about this, and he and I were were texting about how my my it was, it was a weird feeling when they were they beat that I was very, very, very happy when they beat the Heat, but it was like I I felt that I should have been more happy. And it was a weird feeling because I was extremely happy when they beat the Lakers. Yeah. And I think, I think there was an anticlimactic thing to having them play the heat in the finals with due respect to a great organization in the heat, uh, heat culture hashtag. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) but there is a kind of a, the best way to put this, There was an anti-climax to the finals that I I think kind of I think if the Nuggets would have played Boston, that feeling maybe not a not would have matched the Lakers, but it would have been bigger than it was this particular Heat team. So that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, like I was I felt great that they won the title. I mean, that's not I mean, I'm not trying to obscure that. But my feeling when they beat the Lakers was far far better than when they beat the heat and i and i that's one of those things it's interesting you bring that up because i've been thinking about that this entire offseason as to why I, I i my brain worked that way you know and it's maybe because i've been it's the torture thing as you pointed out it could yeah
0: be yeah i think that is that's kind of where i'm i'm getting out with this i think the nuggets fans have been conditioned in a lot of ways to move on to the next thing because the good thing isn't going to happen to us. And in a lot of ways, we didn't really know how to act and it didn't really necessarily know how to respond to that kind of a, a, a high a, an emotional high, especially after the one that you get from the Lakers, because they're the big bad. They're the, they're the giant that I think everybody was really hoping to get through. And, and I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see what, This upcoming season feels like as well, because just kind of juxtaposing that with after you've already climbed the mountaintop and how players are motivated, how coaches are motivated, what's what's the next thing. And there's a lot of human nature aspect to this that isn't just with the players, but it's also with the fan base and like what what do Nuggets fans have to hold their hats on now, now that the ultimate deed is actually done, I think is really, really interesting. And I, I figure just getting your perspective on it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense just while, while we're here.
1: Well, I mean, it's one of those, I mean, you. how long have you been a Nuggets fan? It's about 10 years for you now, right?
0: I, I've, I've started being an actual fan like in
1: 2009. 2009, so like yeah. the, the Western Conference final. Like
0: 14, 15 years, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy that's that short, actually. That's <laughs> like when you say it that long, like how like you, you've been a fan since 19- the 90s?
1: Nine, no 1987 wow uh i was 10 and i'm old um <laughs>
0: yeah you are
1: <laughs> so, so i was 10 and that was my that was my first uh that it had that 54 win nuggets team in 87 88 was my was my team uh and yeah so i think that's what 36 years ago now yeah, like, somewhere around insane there Insane to think about now I think yeah. about it. Jeez. Uh, but anyway, yeah, but so, it's rewarding.
0: And, and so yeah. that's where I'm kind of getting at is, is especially for you. Like the feeling of the reward wasn't just, a, it wasn't about the NBA finals for you. Then it was about the conference finals and getting over the top of that mountain.
1: I think, yeah, I, I, I said it several times before on Twitter and in other places, it was like slaying the dragon. You had to slay the dragon yeah. and the dragon
0: were the Lakers.
1: And it wasn't LeBron, it wasn't Anthony Davis, it was the Lakers. And getting over that hump was not necessarily cathartic, but it was euphoric to have that the boogeyman finally get... I mean, because that was the uh, seventh or eighth time they played them in the playoffs,
0: I think. I think so. And... I think it's eighth i think they're eight. 0 and 7 prior to that
1: yeah so getting to getting getting finally beating them after since 1979 when they first played them uh, i was one when they when they when they played them so it's just like uh yeah i mean the in the playoffs i i, I mean I, it, it was great and then like i said it was just the heat it was great it was a great series the heat won a game and all that stuff but it's just the Lakers one was the one that just meant more to me and it was weird how it just got placed in this. <laughs> it's just, it's weird to think about. I, I just, I, I'm still bugged out about how IO's was more happy when they beat the Lakers than when they actually won the the, the title.
0: I don't think that's an abnormal feeling though. I, I really don't. I think that a lot of people share that sentiment and it's good to be able to talk about it because there, there's a lot of people that feel that same way. And and I, I sort of feel that same way too about, mm. man, it was, it was because I was in the building for both of those uh wins of, mm. for game four against the Lakers in uh crypto. Mm. And then I was in the, the building for game five. And I got to tell you the, the shots that Nicole was hitting in game four, just crushing oh. souls against the Lakers in that game. It was heaves. The heaves. It was un- uh, unbelievable. It's like when, when people think about the most iconic shots, I really do think that that shot that he hit over Anthony Davis is going to be up there.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah.
0: Like when you talk about era-defining shots and the types of shots that you hit that define a player, yeah. that's going to be one for Nikola. So I look forward to that. It's, it's been really cool to able to see that and i think maybe it's because of that it had that kind of moment where the miami series didn't really and it was kind of almost a formality that denver won that one because they were so clearly the better team um but i don't know like it's uh it's interesting to think about but yeah Yeah. either way hey let's take a break when we come back i want to talk about streaming with you i want to talk about my favorite show ted lasso And I want to hear about your favorite shows and and some of the the things that you've been going to. But first, this podcast, as you know, everybody, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Here we are changing the game. Help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. All you got to do is enter the promo code mile high and you'll score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, SuperBook will match your first bet up to 250 with promo code MileHigh. Download the SuperBook Sports app, enter the promo code, and you will get 250 bucks courtesy of SuperBook Sports. Uh, gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 and make sure to visit SuperBook.com for terms and conditions. We'll be right back, everybody, on Pickaxe and Roll. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackford here, joined by my guy Jeff Morton, the King of Thornton himself. Uh, we've told that story a number of times. How you how you gave yourself that nickname, uh, which I, I love.
1: Well, no, that or was is it, no, that was Nate Timmons.
0: Was it Nate Timmons who gave it to you? Okay, okay, yeah,
1: T- yeah Timmons. Uh, it was from CSG. And was, was that was that just we,
0: the intro clip? That's that's always what you wanted to do. It was uh, coming all
1: the way down from Thornton. It's the king himself, Jeff Morton.
0: (laughs) It's it's a a classic opener. Are there Um, other
1: people here who have never heard Nate Timmons?
0: There there might be. It wouldn't surprise me, actually. If if you're in the comments, uh, let us know if you've actually heard Nate Timmons' voice before and if you know who he is, because uh, I would not be here today without Nate Timmons, Jeff yep. would not be here today without Nate Timmons. And yep. I think that's a, a very important aspect of this. So, yep. so shout out to Nate. And uh, we appreciate you, buddy, for, for everything that you've done. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to talk about streaming with you. Uh, you remember last year, uh, during yes. the last offseason, we, uh, we had a fun conversation about a very fun show. You want to remind the people what, what we talked about? It was great.
1: What did we talk about? We talked about movies.
0: It was it was the, we talked about uh, Jeff the Jeff Bridges show.
1: Oh oh yeah 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 the old the man old,
0: the old man which yeah 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 you you're talking about yourself as an old man lately? So I'm not surprised <laughs> oh, that 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 one came up and that it interest it interested both of us. But we basically eight. did like a, a book club for for that series and and then did. reviewed <laughs> it. It was great.
1: <laughs> I was like oh man, did you watch the whole series?
0: I I think I just watched the first season and actually no that I'm not. Trying to remember. I'm trying to remember where I picked up off of. Um, I don't know. Did they come out with another season? Because I just, uh, I remember enjoying it a lot. And I, I absolutely enjoyed the first season. And are, are they, how many seasons are there? Just one. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. yeah. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for making me look like a loser, Jeff. <laughs> what are you doing here?
1: Apologize for, yeah. for, for asking you about the series we talked about. I uh, we will we'll, we'll move on to what to to Ted Lasso because no it, it, it's okay so I
0: I, I I just want to talk. I, so this is my favorite television show of all time. I uh, for for a variety of reasons, and I, I'm going to ask you about your favorite shows as well. But I just yeah. like I, I think you've watched Ted Lasso before, correct? I just just want to confirm and and make sure. Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen one episode. Wow! It was too positive for me.
0: Oh my god, (laughs) Jeff! Jeff, this is the most emotionally rewarding show I've ever watched in my entire life.
1: (laughs) On Apple Plus.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's it's it's I I mean I know it's a like there are so many different streaming services, but uh this one this one i got it like my mom and i watched this show that's that's how we've connected over the course of uh over the course of these last see, couple see, of years I,
1: I get the feeling i get the feeling that my rampant gen x cynicism is probably doesn't jive with your with your sensibilities my friend i i, <laughs> I because because what i like tends to be uh a little more wrought with, uh, um, not cynicism, but you know, a touch of a touch of angst, I guess, is the best way to put it.
0: Oh, that's true. I, that's and just who you are. That's that's your that's your type. That's okay.
1: That's my that's me <laughs> to a core. It's what it is. It really okay, is. So,
0: so, what do
1: you have? Things that like you fund. I mean, you got you talk about Ted Lasso. Is there anything else that you're liking that is like must-watch TV for you?
0: Right now, no. I so there's there's the Secret Invasion Marvel show that's going right now, mm-hmm. and and I haven't been able to latch onto it because I just I don't find it super compelling. Um, there's a lot of the new Marvel stuff, and I've I've talked about the Marvel uh, shows before. I think I think they started out with some good ones, mm-hmm. um, but ever since I, I think it's gone down a little bit of a of a hill here. Uh, now, uh, I think it's to me it's just like it's very tough to it's tough to find a good one sometimes uh because so much is so like so much of these shows are trying to pump out new seasons of of everything that they've done and rather than have a coherent plan in seasons two three and four they are just attaching on after having a successful first season Mm -hmm. which that's just how the streaming business works now Mm -hmm. um Ross and I, my Ross, my little brother. He, uh, he and I had show uh, enjoyed a series called Alice in Borderland. Uh, although that was one where it's a it's a Korean show. It's like I I probably or is it Japanese? It's one of those. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, gosh, it's an equivalent of Squid Game. Uh, but oh, okay. Probably yeah. just it's 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 good. I it, you have to suspend all reality, which for obvious reasons you have to suspend all reality, but. Um, I do think that that that's one that I've enjoyed, but in terms of other ones, I I haven't been able to latch onto anything too strongly. Um, but Ted Lasso is the one that I I really have. And I I know that's why you're asking questions. Like, I don't know if I necessarily have a specific type. I have a type for audiobooks. And I just like fantasy audiobooks where I could just like, Hey, take your mind somewhere else. Uh, but for shows it's, it's a, a bunch of different things.
1: Well, uh, do you, do, uh, like, have you uh, read, speaking of books, have you read Chris Herring's book, uh, Blood in the Garden?
0: I haven't yet. I, I generally stay away from sports books. Um, really? Which you you would think that I would be all over stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I will get around to reading it at some point. I know that that's your era. Like, the oh, 90s man. Knicks are your era. That's, that's oh, the time where you probably feel the strongest about the NBA.
1: Oh yeah, no. Now no. that was one of my favorite teams is the '90s to Knicks, uh, be- because I'm a contrarian at heart, and I didn't like the Bulls. That's right. That's the God's honest truth. So I latched on to the uh, '90s New York Knicks, and their thuggish, uh, "We're going to uh, murder you when you come into the lane," uh, behavior. That and sounds about right. It was. <laughs> That was my thing. But uh, going back to series, uh, I mentioned this on Twitter. I don't know if you saw my tweet. Um, Yeah. I'm not into reality shows, but there's this British show called Grand Designs where these people make these ridiculous houses. I mean, each one of these houses are absolutely dumb. Yeah. And they always exceed their budget. They're always about to go bankrupt. And the host of this program mercilessly mocks these people while they're going through this and it is it is <laughs> so good That's i mean awesome. because he does it like really really like subtly and very british okay yeah and i cannot get enough and my dad he will see me watching this show and he was like this is the stupidest thing i'm like I I can't get enough of this. I just these people uh, are 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 dumb, and this yeah. guy's like letting them know how dumb they are. The entire process of these houses being built it's a, it's like crack.
0: It's like that's crack. hilarious. I can't
1: get enough of it.
0: I that's that's also your personality to a T. Just like like a sarcastic, dry humor. Like I I, I can't believe the dumbness around me, and I love to hear somebody else call it out too. That's a, that's, that's very Jeff. Uh, I love that. No, that's, there's that's, a, that's completely fair.
1: There's a show that was on MGM, which used to be Max. Yeah. Um, called Pennyworth. That I
0: really oh, like Uh, the Batman, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I really enjoyed Pennyworth and I think it's on HBO now. I think mm-hmm. it's, I think the new season's on HBO. Well, who knows? Because. The the actors went out, and the writers are currently on strike. So fair, so who knows what we're getting? Um, (laughs) And there's another one uh, I enjoyed on Apple called Invasion. Uh, The first, um, the first episode had Sam Neill in it. I love Sam Neill. Um, And what else do I like? I like a lot. I watch a bunch of different. Things. There's a show called Endeavor that is really good. Um, it's kind of a mystery thing. Um, I like a lot of mysteries.
0: Mysteries are good. Yeah. Mysteries are like, did you like um, going away from, I guess we're, we're still in the streaming realm. Um, the ones with Daniel Craig, like the new, uh, like Glass Onion was, was the yeah. second movie there. Yeah. What was the first one of that I've um, had? Um, Knives Out. Knives Out. out. I was um,
1: going to say noises off, but that was a different
0: movie. <laughs> no, that's that's just how you listen to most of your TV shows. Um, <laughs> 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 no, I I uh, like those are those are good. Those are the kinds of mysteries that I also like. Where I, I, it's it's very rare that you get a good mystery that is that is well thought out and, and put together here. But
1: Ryan Johnson. Oh yeah. Guy, guy who directed uh Yeah, yeah, Star Wars. It's Star Wars and he, there's a movie I can actually there's a movie I can recommend. The first ever movie he directed was a movie called Brick. Yeah. Um and it is anyone who's in the chat who hasn't seen it, it is really really good. It is really Love good. I I I I think I I suggest anyone who's uh into it's like a noir like a, like a, like a forties noir with a, with a detective and a, not a detective, but a private eye a hard boiled thing, but it's all high schoolers and they all talk like they're in the forties and it's set in modern, modern times. And it is unbelievable. It's so good.
0: Okay. I'll have to put it on the list. That's a, yeah. that that is a good one right there. I want to ask you about three, uh, you're you're probably not a Witcher fan. Like that. I I don't I don't really uh, uh put no, you down as a, a fan my of the Witcher series. Witcher. Oh my yeah. Dad
1: loves a Witcher. I I I and my brother John does, but I I uh wasn't that a game? Is it a yeah. Witcher a game? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a it was a video game series that they've now converted into a, a Netflix series with okay.
1: That's why that's um, why that's why it
0: was familiar to me, I was like, Yeah, no, it, it makes sense, like it I haven't seen season three yet. Season one of it was great. Season two was pretty blah. Season three, well, I've heard it. I've heard people have some complaints. So it, it's too bad that that one kind of has faded. But there are so many good kind of video game adaptations that people can make of, of different things that they just haven't been able to do. I just, I don't know why it's so difficult. Um, but two, like two more. Um, the White Lotus and Succession. Uh, two very okay, I- similar shows in different ways, in my opinion.
1: Yes. White Lotus is too Gen Z for me, but okay. uh, Succession's great. Succession, okay. well, was great. I guess it, it just ended, but uh, it's. I'm a through of the-
0: season one, basically.
1: Oh, man. It. Uh, I don't know if. Four, four, four hit has really had really high peaks and really low lows as far as consistency of the show goes. But, uh, I, it was a very satisfying series. The bear is another one. Um,
0: yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. That's on Hulu. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to try to check that one out too. That's a, I mean, everybody's just going gaga for it. So might as well, uh. Might as well do it. Jamie Lee Curtis
1: was in his his, recurring character. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Speaking of Glass Onion. Right.
1: (laughs) Um, Let's see. What else? Um, But there's a bunch that, I mean, there's this one called, um, was it Uh, Roderick the Vampire on on, uh, Hulu? Roderick the Vampire.
0: Roderick. I think it's called. I I, certainly haven't heard of that one.
1: And it's uh, got the guy from uh, the the Spider-Man movies, the um, Peter Parker's friend,
0: um, oh. um, Nate. That why is Nate coming to mind? I don't know. <laughs> Ned, Ned. Ned. Yeah, the
1: guy who played yeah. Ned. Okay. Um, and it's really funny. It's it's not funny. It's um it's 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 really well done. Um, okay. I, I I recommend that. Um, I that I'm I'm good on. I mean, like. Uh, like there's, there's, there's the series that I've seen that are very Jeff's. Like there's, they did a War of the World series on, uh, on, um, MGM. Right. And it's got Gabriel Byrne in it. Uh, it's very, very European, <laughs> but it's also really good. And it's yeah. hard to explain that how, how good it is. I, um, Man, that, that I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm going off here. Because, oh, it's fine. You're good. I, I, could, I could give you an entire list of shows. Well,
0: no, that's what I'm hoping for. This is actually the the secret reason why I'm doing this podcast oh, is this I just is need so my new idea. my new watch recommendations for this offseason. <laughs> <Right, right. laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I could fill them up. Uh, Animal Control. That's a yeah. good. That, that's a okay. good one. Um, that's on Hulu. Um, man, ton. Uh depends on what streaming apps you got
0: I yeah mean, like i i have i don't have hulu i've got max i've got uh i've got netflix i've got prime um there are some there are some okay ones like that i think i've got apple tv plus from actually from my I, I just go watch with my mom like that's how we've uh that's why we've done ted lasso and together is i've I mean, i've really enjoyed that and and we just uh we should watched the episode where Uh, ironically enough Colin one of the players comes out as gay in front Mm -hmm. of uh, in front of his team and I just I think it's just such a rewarding show in how they attack real life situations that it's really struck a chord with me from like how much it makes me feel stuff which that I I don't really know how to explain it, especially for somebody who's only watched one episode. But like, <laughs> I, I really do recommend it. That like, if you're, if you're, if anybody is actually looking for a sports show to watch, that is like, okay, I know what sports shows are like. They're all about the sports. This one's not all about the sports. This one very much. It, it builds the characters up more than I've ever seen from a character development standpoint for three seasons. It is unbelievable. And, uh, so I've, i just really enjoyed myself.
1: Speaking of sports, have you watched many of the 30 for thirties?
0: No, I, uh, again, I'm, I'm pretty boring. I, uh, I, when it comes to historical stuff, I, I haven't reached that stage yet where I'm trying to reminisce on, on a variety of things that I've actually seen, And so I'm still trying to crack the code on things that I actually want to go watch. What what are, what are some 30 for 30s that you'd recommend?
1: Well, I highly recommend the bad boys one. Um, Highly. That's probably the best one they ever did.
0: That Um, one. I actually, I think I've, I think I've seen clips of that one, Um, but I will go watch the full thing.
1: And the one on, on the one on the fab five is amazing. Uh,
0: I have seen clips of that one, too. It's crazy yeah. that you brought both of those up. Okay. Yeah. okay, yeah. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not as out of touch as I thought I was. So
1: <laughs> you are saying that you're out of touch. You're talking to me. <laughs>
0: What's going I don't on know, here? man. Like, you're, you're giving me all the ideas for the streaming. Like, like, uh, come on now.
1: Uh... <laughs> uh, those are great. Those are both yeah. of those. And the one on this magic moment, the one about the 90s uh, Orlando magic with hmm. Shaq and Penny. Uh, is really good. Um, you know, those are both those are three basketball ones, but you like football, so I mean,
0: there's yeah, that. no, I, I I do I do football as well. It's yeah. funny, I was, I've been talking to Cody Rourke about the Broncos stuff, and I also was on the Let's Talk Broncos pod on, on this same YouTube channel. If you're if you're there, so make sure to check out their videos too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, Broncos season is going to be interesting. I'm I'm very curious to see what what ultimately pans out there, but I'm not like I'm. I'm We'll just, we'll just have to see well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be talked into Russell Wilson quite yet <laughs>
1: i you know i this is funny okay this is uh, this is nuggets related hmm. um when the Broncos won the Super Bowl in ninety eight I was yeah. twenty and it's weird once they won the Super Bowl, I emotionally disconnected from them me too
0: me too that is exactly how it was. I was, I mean, I was alive for the ninety-seven and ninety-eight Super Bowls, but like I was young and I don't remember them at all. So mm-hmm. like I, I was one and two years old. Yeah. So I basically the one that really connected for me was this one in 2016. Like the 2015 season happened February 2016. Mm-hmm. And I was in my freshman year of college. I remember this very vividly. I watched it in a dorm. And I was a Broncos fan at that point. I was from Colorado, in South Carolina, so a lot of people were like, "Hey, congratulations!" And I say, like, "Thank you. This feels great." And then Peyton Manning retired, and then they were sticking everybody with Trevor Simeon and Brock Osweiler and all these horrible quarterbacks, and it just you lose the you lose all the fun when when that happens. And so right. I think kind of the same thing happened after Elway.
1: Oh yeah, no. After they won that Super Bowl, after they finally got to the mountaintop, I it was like they were no longer priority in my life and i was like able to watch games and just had not not be emotionally invested in them at all but the thing is the nuggets have been my number one my entire life and yeah. well not my entire life but most of my life and i'm hoping that it doesn't do the same thing with on this one now that they won I, i'm 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 hoping to God. And that's why actually I'm encouraged by me being really pessimistic about their moves. This off
0: season means because, you're right on track, Jeff, <laughs> because it's like, okay, I still care. <laughs> yeah. Hey, fair, fair. That makes sense. Like that's a, okay. You start to have these emotional reactions to stuff that they do. Like, okay, that, that it's uh, right. we don't like that in Jeff's house, but that's, that's okay. We can, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we work past that, but no, I think. Warm, fuzzy feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think that if we're, if we're talking about the Nuggets here like, on, on this Nuggets podcast, um, <laughs> I think probably important to remember that despite the fact that everybody thinks that Nikola Jokic is going to retire, he hasn't retired yet. We just don't know. Like we can, we have all these projections of, of what we think is going to happen with him, what he's, what we think he's going to value, and then he grows up and he plays more and then he if he wins another championship or two then like he just might love it like he he might really enjoy what he's doing and if that's the case then like he'll stomach the media for another few years while he's just riding off into the sunset a little bit but i i I don't know i'm i'm curious like yeah yeah front flips off of a cliff that's great that's (laughs) great no i mean we'll see like maybe he maybe he edges or he he ages into Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan status. I think a lot of people don't think of him as that kind of long-term veteran, but who knows? Could he play for 20 years? Absolutely, if he wanted to.
1: No, I mean, he could get to that point. He could be that guy, but he's a guy to me that seems like a person... Who will is um, his priorities aren't in the United States? Sure, I guess is the best. Clearly, way yeah. And he, I think that sort of grounding will keep him away from the allure of extending beyond where he thinks he can be a productive player.
0: And maybe so. Maybe he. Maybe the moments he doesn't feel like he's the best player in the world anymore is like, okay, now I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> that would be like, okay, now I'm I'm losing ground in this battle. I don't feel the need to to continue going. So he might have the greatest ride off into the sunset moments in NBA history where he wins the next three championships, but he feels like, yeah, you know, I think I'm the second best player to uh, Victor Wembenyama now. And I, I think I'm going to, I think it's time for me to go. Uh, If you, if you, if he retires after that, then more power to him. I I don't think Nuggets fans would be too, I mean, they would be upset. Don't get me wrong, but like you you ride off into the sunset like that and they'll be okay.
1: Or, or Chet Holmgren, apparently.
0: Oh, Chet Holmgren. Yeah. That's a, that's tall, skinny man right there.
1: (laughs) Seven footers who are really skinny and like to dribble the ball.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, Hey man, bowl, bowl He should have worked out here.
1: (laughs) this this, yes (laughs) well i would say yes he should have i got uh as we've seen now that
0: he's been cut from orlando it's like you got to do some crazy shit to be cut from orlando right (laughs) like that's what (laughs) i was thinking it's like that's hard that's like hard to do if you're a talented basketball player right now so i don't know man shout out to orlando i know i'm probably not giving you enough credit but (laughs) uh (laughs) Anything else you wanna you want cover before we get out of here? I, no,
1: I think I've rambled on long enough here for you. And it's uh, that's true. I, I usually I usually make you go like uh, an hour and a half. So I, I my my edit button is getting a lot better than it used to be.
0: <laughs> we're uh, we're learning on the pickaxe and roll podcast. That's uh, we're learning to to cut Jeff off right when we have the opportunity to just so that we could uh, we can go to bed at a reasonable hour on this Friday night. Uh, But everybody, hey, uh, thank you so much, everybody, for hopping in here. Really appreciate all the love. Uh, Jeff, you got anything you want to plug before we we get out of here?
1: Uh, Be sure and check out CSG podcast. Uh, It's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's I talk about the nuggets right there. I do it one, two, three times a week. And then on a Gen X show where I talk about being old, all on your, your favorite podcasters, wherever you find them.
0: Being old, I, I don't know what that's like, but I'll still promo it anyway. You're uh, <laughs> thank you so much, everybody, for hopping in. and uh, Thank you, Jeff, for visiting with me on this Friday night, taking time out of your July to talk about the Nuggets. I mean, what the hell? Uh, I really do appreciate it, though. It's always nice to reconnect with you, man. Mm-hmm. Um, thank Absolutely. you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Make sure to hit that like button, that subscribe button on the way out. If you're listening, uh, we will talk to you guys very soon.